Where are you from? I'm originally from Virginia, Newport News, Virginia. You ever heard of that? I'm young, you know. Well, it's a, it's an area called the um, so you have Norfolk, mainly Norfolk military area. They all come from there. So I'm in a place called Newport News, around Hampton. A lot of athletes and rappers come from there. Ironically, my uncle um, Richie, he actually um, he was born in Queens, but he ended up playing football over there. You know, playing running back. Good-looking guy, six foot, something. He was rolling. But ironically, his ancestors came from there. Um, their last name um, is Kenshin, but it's derived from Kinshin, okay. um, which seems to be a, a pretty popular ancestral, um, almost like Geechee um, last name. So that was always interesting, that, uh, that dichotomy, because a lot of people um, from there moved to New York. You know, Virginia, the South, et cetera, with that whole migration. And the um, reverse of how people are moving from New York back down South. A lot. Yeah. A lot of it was there. You may you may know some people. Um, Mike Tomlin, the head coach of the Steelers. Oh, God, I'm a Steelers uh, fan. Michael Vick. Oh, yeah, Alan sure. Iverson. Oh, God. Missy Elliott, Timberland. Yeah, all right. so they're from, they're all from so that's by the, the beach? Area. They're from the same peninsula area. So it's the seven cities that, are, that occupy that, that area. So they're all from there. A lot of talent. Oh, yeah. So pretty, you know, melting pot. I can see, you know, a lot of talent, different things that people are getting involved in. Um, what was your upbringing like? My upbringing was a Baptist, strong Baptist church upbringing. My dad was a blue-collar worker. He worked at the shipyard, so he worked at the naval the base. They built the ships wow. over in Norfolk. And uh, my mom... Had a lot of jobs. I mean, she used to be, uh, she worked at a funeral home. Yeah, wow. Um, she worked at a bank. You know, she did a lot of things. I, I do have an older sister. Um, but my upbringing was, it was it was pretty good. I was a really skinny kid <laughs> yeah. uh, when I was young, but I was bad. Yeah. I was a bad kid. I was Dennis the Menace in, yeah. the, in, the, cl in the class clown. Um, I used to have a really bad stutter, so that was kind of my way of. Kind of shielding that or yeah. being able to overcome Protect that. Myself, yeah. yeah, by being goofy. You know, so, yeah, but my upbringing was pretty good. I never got into any major trouble, yeah. anything like that, you know. Um, graduated in 2005, so almost 20 years ago. Wow. And then I moved here in 2006. My mom, she had, um, she had ovarian cancer wow. at the time. She was already down here, so she left um, right after I graduated. And um, so my dad was still in Virginia. Mom, mom and sister came to Florida. Mom got sick. I decided to come help her out. Of course. Yeah. So I moved here and, you know, the rest is, you'll find out. <laughs> yeah, of course. Right. Now, where did the love for um, videography, um, recording, possibly even radio, when did those things start really sparking your interest? That started when I was extremely, extremely young because of my speech impediment. Oh. So I used to have a really, really bad stutter. Um, I still do it sometimes, more like a stammer sometimes, but okay. if I get excited or I, I think fast, it'll come out. But I used to have a really bad stutter, and I would get picked on and made fun of, you know, all that. So I would go to, I had years of speech therapy I went through. This is, you know, in the early 90s. So it was, never it was know. Still, still, still new, you know. And I would mimic a lot of radio hosts. I would listen to them. I would listen to their cadence. Um, listen to, I don't know if you know Art Bell. Heard of him, of course. Uh, space Ghost. 
the coast. It was yeah. a late night conspiracy thing. I'd stay up late and listen to that, or even Howard Stern. Oh, God uh, bless him. Casey Kasem, those guys yeah. were the ones that I would mimic all the time. And so yeah. what I would do, I would do podcasting before podcasting was the term. So I would take a tape deck and record my friends and just doing this. Wow. You know, I'd listen back to it just as a therapy thing to help me get over my, my speech problem. And so I always had an obsession with radio. I was, I've always been an audiophile. You know, I've had the, the, those big speakers that your parents had. That was all mine. Yeah, when the jams, a, yeah. Yeah, that was such a young age. That was all my stuff. Yeah. You know, I would tinker with all the electronics. I would uh, dive into comedy. I would also do uh, public speaking because that was part of my um, speech therapy. Sure. So I really got into entertaining. Yeah. And that, was, that, that was where I was like, I have to do this. So I always told people I was going to be on TV or I'm going to be on radio. Always. Even you know, that's my, my eldest friends. I'm like, yeah, we knew. You got very passionate about it, and, you know, it, it provided you solace. You know, we're going through things like that where we can recognize, you know, we're different. You know, that doesn't necessarily need to be an impediment. Um, you know, it, it depends on how you respond to it. And, obviously, you, you, you confronted it and dominated it. Um, I know your father um, played a very big role in your process um, becoming the professional you are, you know, when it came to academics and, and things like that. Um, what was his response where, hey, Dad, I want to get into radio or, or film and things like that, being a ship guy? So my, my dad was very old school, traditional. Yeah. You know, he'd come home. He was big into sports. You know, uh, football was his thing. He was, a, he was a He's bigger than me. Really? How uh, tall was Dad? Uh, dad was 6'5", about 45. Um, he was a D1 um, college wow. athlete. You know, he ended up having a, a knee injury that... Yeah, it happens. You know, so he went, stayed at the shipyard. So he was very passionate about me being an athlete. Yeah. And I was a baseball star. I really? I never played football. Like CC Sabathia type thing. Yeah, nice No, and tall. I wanted to be Frank Thomas. Frank okay. Thomas was my hero. If there you, you guys don't know who Frank Thomas is, number 35, Chicago White Sox, one of the greatest of all time. Wow. Anyway, uh, I, I, that's who I wanted to be. He was first baseman, played first base. Wow. Uh, and I like the catchers too, Mike Piazza. So that was our yeah. game. We we watched Sunday night baseball all the time. My dad coached the baseball teams that I was on. Wow! Right? He was every game. He came every game. Wow! You know, even though he still worked twelve hours a day. Yeah, he's a hero. You know. Yeah. Um, when I we had arguments though when I made high school, he I had recruiter because I was this size when I was thirteen. I stopped wow. growing when I was thirteen. So, so was, is that kind of the demographic in your family? Tall men, robust. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. Athletic? So I'm I'm actually small one in my family on wow. my dad's side and what are you like six two six three i'm six three just yeah. about six three uh i was almost 400 but i'm about 270 now yeah um uh, I, mean, I mentioned earlier my dad was six five uh, yeah. his brother my uncle is six nine good lord you know so i'm 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 the small one yeah in my family so i come from giants wow right and so uh when i was in high school i had recruiters knocking on my door begging wow. me to play play yeah and I had no interest in football because I saw how passionate my dad was about it and the the, the angst it caused him. It takes to, a hold, yeah. Because I, I watched him play. I'm not watching him play. I watched him watch games and he, yeah. you know, old school ass throwing stuff. At the he emerged, yeah, like don't talk to me. I took a game half hour. Super Bowl 30, Dallas Cowboys versus Steelers. Oh, Lord, yeah. That's one of the worst memories I can remember. Oh, God. I, I just said I remember that game. Yeah. The Cowboys won. So 
Yeah. It was lost that game. Oh, man. That was one of the worst I've ever seen. And he was, was a Steelers fan? Yes. Oh, man, that's my guy, man. Yeah, yeah Steelers, shout out. Steelers fan. And so that was um, – I knew then as I wanted to play, play football. Yeah, it's, it's, it's different. Yeah, so we had a lot of issues with that. And my dad – I was also a gamer. Yeah. Electronics. So he had – just him being traditional and old, he really didn't see that the, the value – he was outside. He's yeah. getting dirty. Yeah. So my first job, I worked at Best Buy. Wow. Right. Yeah. I was my. I, I did that as a kind of like a poke to him. I was like, see, all his games. I work in this department. This yeah. Making me money. <laughs> you know. I mean, he's cool with it. He yeah. Just, ah, okay. Yeah. You know, he, but he wasn't like setting his ways. He had his idea or something. Mm-hmm. But if you showed him the value in something else, he was like, okay. okay. He's positive about it, as I long as you're it. doing something positive. Yeah. Yeah. So. When I told him about what I wanted to do, he was cool with it. You know, he was buying me the stuff, you know, all the electronics and all the other stuff. My dad was a funny guy, too. So we would write movie scripts together. Wow. Like, not the whole scripts, but, like, the synopsis and all that stuff. And until his last day, we were still currently working on, on one. You know, so my dad was a huge um, lifter for me. I mean, he paid for my, my broadcasting school wow. completely, completely, completely paid for it. Like he he was forced to retire at forty eight. He got hit by a drunk driver. Wow! And so he couldn't do the job anymore. You know, so you know he got settlement and all that stuff. So, but so he paid for my. I told him this is what I want to do. He's like, oh, one hundred percent. Let's go. Let's do it. Didn't even hesitate. Just paid for it. And that was the greatest thing he's ever done. So now, a lot of respect for him. Yeah, absolutely. Rest on. Um, but I, I will ask you, being at this like education ultimately set up the stage for what you're doing now and providing for your family how did it make you feel to know that you had that support how important was it to get that from him at such a crucial moment because as a young man um and we're looking at giants right no matter how tall your father is to you he's a giant you know we're trying to just emulate and make them proud you know, we begin life trying to make our parents proud and then we try to make our kids proud you know how important was it for you to have that support at, at the moment oh you ever heard of imposter syndrome I know. Right. So imposter syndrome, it plagues a lot of people in our professions. Uh, I don't think that just entertainment in general, people who do something for a living that they are passionate about. Yeah. Because it comes so natural to us sometimes, we feel like we really shouldn't be doing this. I went through that in IFA. Yeah. It's, it's called imposter syndrome. Wow. Like you can never be what you think you're meant to be. Exactly. Wow. Exactly. I didn't know it had You know, everybody, but my dad and my wife, you know, they, they, pushed me they validated that for me was like look you've been doing this forever like i've I've doubted myself plenty of times yeah greatness has doubts yeah and so you know they were very big in me in keeping me afloat because you know i've you know you know i used to work 20 hour days yes sir this always this was never like this before no sir no you know we'll get into that but the grind was always real i was just in this cycle that i knew i had the talent everyone else was telling me i have the talent but I'd never pulled the trigger because I was so either scared or I doubted myself. So what were some of these? I mean, you know, you're going through now broadcasting school. You're doing very well from the conversations you have. You were, you were top of the line student. Um, you got into radio after that, correct? Literally the day I was graduating, I got called while I was walking from the radio station. And if you are here in Central Florida, you know, uh, can I mention yeah. Heart for the 
Nice. Um, so I was walking, and I know the phone number because I've called it a million times. I'm sure. Like, this is the this is the radio station calling me. So I answered it in front of it. I asked the dean, "Hey, can I answer this? This is the radio station calling me." He's like, "Yeah, of course." So they they called me. They wanted me to intern on one of the morning shows. And I was like, "Yes, of course." So I immediately got in radio the the next week right after I graduate, and that doesn't normally. No, no, that kind of placement in anything yeah. really. You know, you don't get placed that quickly usually. No, that that normally doesn't happen. And I was on I was on the monsters. In Morning. So if you guys are familiar with this in Central Florida, it's been around for 30 years. I was on that show for a year. I interned, met a whole bunch of celebrities. It was great. You know, I I I I thought I made it then. Yeah. I was like, I'm here. Yeah. This is the build. This is where I want to be forever. I don't yeah. want to do anything else. This is this is it. And and then you know, reality does set in. You know, times have completely changed since old school conventional radio days. Sure. You can't just be a radio host. How long ago were you seeing this transition now, being in the industry for over 20 years now? When did you see things? When when did you have that moment where you're like, yo, I'm at the studio. I'm seeing what we're doing. I know what's going on at the world. When did it set in like, this is not going to be like this in a decade? I knew that it was different when high-speed internet came out. Well, because you, there were so many things that were just available at an instant. I knew traditional things weren't going to work that way anymore. Like when TV started getting DVRs, yeah, I knew things were going to be different. You know, I was still doing the podcasting thing. It wasn't called podcasting then, but I was still recording, burning them on CDs, and giving to to my friends. I knew that was going to get antiquated. You know, and so when high speed internet was really really popular, so like 2008, 2009, and social media, because everybody wants everything now. And then when Netflix started to have oh, the on-demand yeah. stuff, because you remember Netflix was just disc. Yeah. It used to make you disc. Yeah. But then now they had this whole entire library where everything was on demand. Yeah, it changed. I knew. So even when I was in broadcasting school, I previously had already had a podcast that I created that was getting 20,000 downloads a month. I was already a pro when I went to broadcasting school yeah. in podcasting terms. I still yeah. was learning a, a ton. Sure. But just I was already in the podcasting game because I knew this is – on-demand media was going to be king. But for me to be able to get further, I had to get into radio. I had to follow the traditional avenue because it takes some, sometimes it takes these companies longer to see the vision. Yeah. But I knew it was going to come. I knew it was going to come, but I still needed a foot in the door. Now, you mentioned you met a lot of people when you get this uh, with the monsters in the morning and whatnot. Um, who were some real class acts? Who were some people that maybe surprised you or just had a memorable impact uh, oh, after interacting with them? John Witherspoon. We were we became wow. friends. You know, rest in peace. Yeah. You know, bang bang bang. Yeah, yeah. God bless him, man. John, Pops, man. John Witherspoon. Um, Bobby Lee, comedian Bobby Lee. Yeah. Pablo Francisco. Okay. Uh, he's an old school comedian. He was one of the ones that I would mimic. This is the year two thousand. I remember. Yeah. I saw his Comedy Central special, and he would do all those voices. And I would mimic the voices because I still did have a stutter then. Yeah. You know? And I would record myself doing his skits. Wow. And I told him about that, and he yeah. he thought it was great. <laughs> um, Marlon Wayans. Really? Yeah. Marlon Marlon Wayans was great, and a, you know, a ton of wrestlers and stuff. But yeah. but John Witherspoon, you know, um, probably my favorite. What was it like meeting him? You know, when you I mean, pops to me like, and I'll call him pops just you know, it's how many people recognize him as. Um, he was the kind of guy because Friday is classic. Um, 
when you looked at him on screen, you're like, man, I wouldn't mind that being my dad. Or I wouldn't mind just listening to him. Could you see the, you know, they put it up recently. Like, they put up a photo of Friday with, like, Smokey and, you know, the mom and everybody. And you're like, this doesn't look like a movie still. This looks like a, a cookout picture, you know. And you see the advice. And, you know, shout out to Ice Cube because his films, they, they really do have a message, you know. And people get it. And um, you see the advice he's giving Craig. And you're like, man, you know, I, I wish had that you know what were some of those interactions or what was it like meeting him you know so i'm a person that doesn't get starstruck because sure. everybody is a, everybody is a person sure yeah you know? and from being at the reservation a lot of celebrities would come in and out you know and sometimes they would put they have they would have to put on yeah for the radio john yeah. spoon that was him yeah that was him he was still humble really nice guy i talked to him about podcasting yeah he did have one yeah, I'm not saying I influenced him. No, no, yeah. But you know, he he did have one. But one of the most genuine guys. We actually sat and talked after the show. So normally they're only there for one segment or two segments because they have to go to all the other radio stations. So they have like a tour. Make their, yeah, make okay. the rounds. So he stayed. And wow. We talked, right? And we talked. He gave me his phone number. You know? Really? Yeah, yeah. We talked for a while. I, mean, I never called him, but you know, just probably the best interaction I ever had with a celebrity. You know. And if I would ever get a chance to hang out with him again, you know, rest in peace. But I, he probably, he would remember me. I know he would, you know, because we talked for a long time. He just seemed really, really genuine. He was somebody, it was like, you ever heard of parasocial relationships? No. Okay. So this is very, very big in entertainment, which includes television and radio, right? If you're on television or radio for an extended period of time, people know your life in and out. This is, yeah. this is happening with you. Yeah. People know your life in and out because they, they consume the content that you put out. I didn't know that had a name either. Right? That's wild. So what happens is they develop relationships with you, right? Not sexual, but they develop yeah, no. a relationship with you as if they already know you. Like people come running up and they're like, hi, Aaliyah. And I'm like, whoa. Exactly. Yeah, yeah for exactly. sure. So they're called no. parasocial relationships. And so um, with John Witherspoon, you recognize him from yeah, all Yeah, he's other like things. family. So you you kind of yeah. already. Word, word. So there was never a. You know, oh my God, I'm talking to John. Oh. I felt like I was, I already knew him. Yeah. But he responded as, "This is me." Just so that natural. What you see is what you get. Yeah. And so I, I loved it. I mean, that was my best experience in the video. Yeah, God bless. Him. A lot of great, uh, great, great visual memories. A lot of parasocial memories with him, and uh, may he rest, man. So that's interesting. Now, you're you're going through this process now. What what happens after the radio experience now? When reality sets in and now we have to move on to something else what was your next moves so reality set in so there was a gap right i did my internship for a year uh, i begged them for a job you know and and so me i'm different right i wasn't really a big sports dude did hip hop boss looked at me yeah on the station yeah you know so i, I tried yeah. there was one guy but i think that was their quota yeah <laughs> right and so uh i Nobody, I didn't get called. Didn't get called an entire year. Wow. You know, so the depression kicks in. I'm like, wow, I just experienced the highest of highs. Yeah. And then now nothing. Boom. They just, thanks for your service. Yeah. Bye. Discharge. Yeah. So I'm like, man. So I, I got back into, do, I used to do music, you know, just as a hobby because I was learning how to use the equipment, learning yeah. how to use the programs to build yeah. my podcast and do all those other things. So I got back into music. Doing a couple of tracks with my my friends, yeah, and 
They sounded decent. Cause I'm I was one of them. I'm a, I'm a big fan of. Yeah, we're not talking. Yeah. about <laughs> But uh, so what happened was, my song got out to somebody. Somebody heard it, invited us to a Christmas party, right? All of us, the crew that we did the songs, yeah. came to a Christmas party because they wanted us to perform on a cruise. Nice. And we're like, oh my god, is this our shot? Holy this smokes! Is it. This isn't even what we wanted, but all right. Yeah. So we all went to the party. We met them. Great, great people. Then I found out. This guy has a radio show on the in the building that where I was at. Get out of here. We never crossed paths. Wow. But he has a radio show, and we immediately hit off. And he's like, "Phil, I need you on my show." And it was a sports show, nice. but he's like, "You offer a different perspective." I'm like, "Absolutely." So that's how I actually got back into radio, was through a connection. Yeah. That wasn't even supposed to even happen because I was supposed to just do music. Yeah. So I got back into radio from from that. And then so we actually stayed on the air at that station for a year. And then we got picked up by ESPN. Wow. So our show got picked up by ESPN Orlando. So we moved to ESPN. It was a different station. And that's a pretty big hub, I would imagine. I mean, the wide world of sports is here. ESPN's very, you know, in contact and integrated with Disney, so I would imagine you were yeah. seeing a lot. So so what happens here at, at radio stations, you have major companies. You have Cox, you have uh, iHeart, which was Clear Channel, you have JVC. So those three different buildings. These are the umbrellas. Yeah. They had they hold all the different radio stations. Wow. So we were at so Cox Media had the ESPN radio stations. So wow. how that worked was ESPN licensed well Cox licensed the ESPN brand mm -hmm. to create a station. Wow. So we were an ESPN affiliate official branding and all of this stuff. Yeah. But we were more on the fringe. Yeah. Right? And this, but the show that we were on, like I said earlier, brought, we brought a different flavor. It was completely different. Yeah. You know, we we didn't talk about the traditional stuff cuz we were on at night. You got all that stuff during the day. Yeah. You know, so we talked about action sports, we talked about MMA, talked about wrestling. Nice. You know, Orlando's a big wrestling hub, if you guys don't know that. Yeah. And nobody talked about it in Orlando yeah. except us. Yeah. You know. Talk we talked about those friends sports and that was probably i learned a lot of good and i learned a lot of bad you, you know they say never meet your heroes or they say don't work until your job like when you work a job it becomes definitely you hate it change your impression of things for yeah. sure and i learned a lot from radio that that helped me develop my interview skills that helped me develop my personality traits that helped me develop my marketing skills, you know, that helped me be able to host a show on my own. Yeah. You know, I've had to do those impromptu shows by myself when yeah. I didn't know I was hosting this show by myself yeah, until that's I why. got there. Like, here's the mic, yeah. So that was like, you know, you throw somebody into the water and hope they swim. Being able to freestyle, yeah. Yeah, and so that was great. On the negative side, you know, it's a company. It's a business. Yeah, it's corporate, yeah. It's a corporate. They don't give a damn about you. Yeah. They just care about the numbers. They just care about all that stuff. And so I was in a weird position because I was like, I'm back. I'm back in my position. I'm on a, a syndicated show. Yeah. People recognize my face. Yeah. Well, they hear me. They understand who I am. Yeah. You know, I'm like, man, I'm not making any money. You know, wow. there, is, there is absolutely no money. Most people wouldn't radio. expect that, no, yeah. There is absolutely no money. Only the people that you know make money. Wow. If you haven't heard the name, they don't make any money. Wow. Right? 
And so it was, it sucked the life out of you because you, you would pour so much into it. You know, whole education that I would imagine, anything alternative like that isn't, isn't going to be cheap. And apart from that, highly specialized, you know, you know there's revenue flowing through, but it's not going to probably the people that are actually making this ship run. You know, it's going to the face. So, yeah, you, you, it's, it's, and it happens with um, a lot of people in their early 20s. A lot of graduates were like, yeah, I made it. And then when you actually get there, you're like, man, there's a lot of dues to be paid. And sometimes they don't show those dividends until a decade down the line. You know, so it's very grueling. And you know what's crazy is we live in a time where there's such a constant uh, concept of instant gratification. And you see, that's why people are getting so burnt out so quickly because you're being sold this dream of, hey, pay this amount for school. You know all this stuff. You're, you're really, uh, you know, attractive candidate. You're going to get placed in, in a position that you're going to be in for the rest of your life immediately. And it's easy to see based on your experience that that wasn't the case. No, no. And doing that grind yeah. for so many years, yeah. it killed my love for what I did. You became a professional. Yeah. You, you lose the hobby aspect, of it, the novelty aspect of it, the joy. Yeah. So, like, the first couple of years, like, yeah, I'm yeah, you're ready to go. And by the time it was it was almost over, I just was like, we're doing another show today. Yeah. You know? Like, and so I was like, at that point, I was like, man, I, I have this killer idea. I've already idea I want to bring podcasting out. Yeah. So I went to the people at the radio and say, we need to incorporate podcasting for the radio shows. Now, what is the difference between conventional radio and podcasting from an audio standpoint? Because the untrained ear, they might not recognize the difference. So, so terrestrial radio is what you find on the different dials. The dial, okay. Right? So whatever dial station, and that's broadcasted with a satellite. So okay. you can only hear something at a certain amount of time. So ah. make sure you, you're there at 8 o'clock at night if you want to hear this show at this time. And then it's gone. And then it's gone, right? It's gone in the ether. But with podcasting, it's like Netflix for radio. Ah, okay. Right? It's like Netflix for radio. So let's say, and it's it's so... Nowadays, it's so large and so vast. There's, there's podcasts about anything. So, you know, oh, I want to find a podcast about training dogs. How many podcasts are there, Phil? So Last there time you over, checked, the so average. So there are over 4 million podcasts out there. Right? Um, I'm sure there'll be a lot more. <laughs> you know, there's over 4 million podcasts out there, but there's podcasts about everything. How many succeed? Less than 1%. And what do we define success? So uh, what the statistics were are that a podcast that has an ep that's released an episode, over ten episodes, and has released an episode within the past six months, wow. is less than one hundred eighty thousand out of four million. Out of four million, and that has various degrees within that 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 scope, of course. Mm -hmm. You know, um, so before we get into more into the podcasting, when you come to them with this idea now, hey, we need to podcast. How are you being responded to? What's a podcast? Wow. So we're talking about what we like to call mustache peats, like people who've been in the industry 30, 40 years, old school radio, we're not switching anything up, mm -hmm. especially for you. I mean, even years before when I was interning, even before I even got to that point, when I was interning, I told them we need to be doing podcasts. And they actually listened to me, and so we created an intern podcast, right? Got great numbers, but then the host ego got in the way. Yeah, sure. So they shut that down. Right? Yeah. Maybe that's why I got blackballed. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, pride always gets in the in the way of progress. Yeah, but uh, but I always knew that podcasting was the future. Oh my gosh, 
that's the future. You know, there's on demand stuff and people will get strong. Netflix is popular though. You know, that's why all the all the major stations now do streaming. Like who has cable anymore? No, no, I don't. Yeah, it's mm. just, everything is streaming. Yeah. And so when when I went to them and told them we need podcasting, they looked at me like, No, our way doing it. You know, you can only go to them so many times and tell them something before you're like Until you're blue in the face and you're done. Yeah, so you know, contract time came. All of us on the show, so there were three of us, four of us actually. None of us, just, we all decided to not continue because we weren't happy with what was going on. Um, and the other hosts had visions for themselves that they wanted to do. You know, uh, it was about them. Well, I'm saying but they had visions for themselves that yeah. didn't include radio. Okay. So so they decided to not renew their contract either. So it was kind of a commutative oh, okay. decision. So yeah. one of the other hosts, her name was Myra. I love her. She's one of the Orange County commissioners here in Orlando. Nice. So that's what she wanted to get into politics. Yeah. Right? So obviously that's a full-time thing. You have to focus on that. Oh, yeah, sure. So we decided to not read our contracts. And I'm sitting there like, man, well, okay. Sink or swim time. You know, yeah. I have this podcast idea, this idea for this business that I've, I already kind of do. I've been doing this on Craigslist, you know. Yeah, uh, in the people, underground. Yeah, helping people set Black up market podcasts. Podcast. Yeah. And, and uh, I was doing it for churches, helping church set up podcasting for churches because yeah. you know, they would have all these things that, hey, why not put your podcast out there? I mean, of you course. make some money that and so I, I had this idea that i wanted to do podcasting for small businesses right because i knew podcasting as a means of advertising was untapped huge. and un, at this time it was untapped yeah right and so i contacted our previous clients i was like hey radio advertising costs five grand just for a 30 second ad that's wild you know why not be in control of what you what you want and create your own show is then they're also you know vetting what gets placed and what doesn't i'm sure yeah yeah and so you know why not create your own show let me let me run it for you yeah like okay yeah. <laughs> great idea let's, yeah. let's go for it you know and so that's essentially how podcast doctor was was born you know and then then i knew i was like wow this was meant to happen because I, I probably so i'm I don't follow like a lot of astrological signs as, as much, but I've been told my sign is one to kind of follow the herd a little bit. Which is? The cancer. Nice. Um, so I probably would have stayed miserable. Just was, and this was like, this is, I'm, I'm doing my dream. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Besides, besides trying something new. Yeah. So the fact that we all did that took that leap. Yeah, that was divine. I mean, for everybody to kind of be at the same place mentally. Um, and for the station to be going in the direction it was, you know, for all that to kind of line up, regardless of being cancer or not, your stars might align a little bit differently from the average crab, right? Before we delve into this podcast chapter now, I am intrigued of all of the, you know, athletes, um, that you interacted with by sport, which sport has the most interesting or eccentric professionals? Is it wrestling? Is it MMA? Is it basketball? Who are the guys when they were walking in, you're like, wow. This is going to be an experience. Well, it's basketball players and wrestlers. Okay. Right? Basketball players, because they all want to be rappers. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. They all like. Uh, Allen Iverson really said the trend they all, there, yeah. They all want to be rappers. You know, I mean, poor, poor John Morant. <laughs> <laughs> um, but wrestlers, because uh, 
I'm a huge wrestling fan. Yeah, as I was as a young man. Yeah, yeah sure. They they also fan. suffered some recent losses in that industry, right? I don't recall the gentleman's names, but Ray, two Bray Wyatt just passed away, and Terry Funk. Terry Funk's a legend. Well, put it this way: The Rock actually um, put out posts, you know, yeah. for especially the younger one. You know, yeah, what I'm 36. saying. Yeah. What happened? There? He had a uh, so he he had COVID, right? From oh, before, God. developed a heart issue from COVID. Oh. Had a was supposed to have a defibrillator, and didn't wow. hear it. Took a nap, died. God, bro, I'm 31, 36, dog. Only 36, two very, very young kids, you know. And I heard he was a star. I heard he was, he he was, was a Zeus. very big star. They were, they were watching him. They were really intrigued by him, man. Just, COVID really changed everything. And, you know, you see these effects now, especially from a cardiac, cardiology standpoint. Like, I have a friend that passed away during that, that um, was a college athlete, played overseas basketball. Out of nowhere, caught COVID, took a vaccine. Before you know it, he has major uh, artery disease out of nowhere. Now, mind you, he smokes cigarettes, but, you know, to go from three months ago having a physical and being absolutely fine and then, you know, succumbing to this condition, what happened, you know? Yeah. There's a lot of unanswered questions there. I don't think we, we I don't know the answers, no. so I don't want to assume yeah. anything. Who was your favorite wrestler? My favorite? Coming wow, up, come yeah. Come on, man. Every yeah. single school photo that I ever I did the shout out to the, yeah eyebrow, your eyebrow you know is pretty it's every pretty picture comparable. that I ever take yeah shout is, out to is, Dwayne is that. Yeah. if I if I could ever and you know the you know the game six degrees of separation uh huh where you know let's say you pick somebody and you see how close you are to that that person yeah. I'm I am literally one degree away from talking to him oh we need him so you know man I'm big into manifesting you yeah. know I I uh, I have I I am part part time actor if I would. I'm putting it out there. Yeah. I want to be in a, a movie with The Rock. Just let him care. slam me through a table. I don't so, care what it is. Give me the elbow. I don't care. I don't yeah. care what it is because you know he was. He brought my passion. He in coming out of my my show a lot because I watched wrestling and that helped me as well with my my speech yeah. issue. And so you know, obviously, he was huge and charismatic. Yeah, so he's fabulous. Especially favorite favorite wrestler was The Rock. His brand is fabulous. I mean, Family Man. Um, you know, the epitome of what most uh, most men would want to accomplish, you know, physically, family, professionally. So, you know, it would be a pleasure. Now, as we go into the podcast, Doctor, as we go into this, uh, this persona, you know, now you're doing work for, you know, said commissioner. How are things starting? Where you're, how did, first and foremost, where did the name come from? Where did this brand come from? So... My radio name was Dr. Feel. Okay. So it was spelled differently, so I didn't get sued by you know who. Yeah, yeah, God um, bless. So my yeah. radio name was always Dr. Feel. Yeah. You know, and so I was doing podcasting, and yeah. so I was a podcast doctor, yeah. right? And and so I had well, one of my homies, Swervy, created the logo, created the logo for me. Yeah. Which was, it's the staff of, uh, I forgot the Herms. name. Staff, Hermes. Yeah. yeah. And they made it look like a microphone. Yeah, with, they killed it, with, yeah. Uh, coil and, yeah. and uh, speakers and headset and so I'm like that's a great name you know uh, i don't there's no actual phd in podcasting but but if there was one you'd have it i'd be yeah you'd be like the guy with the mustache and the glasses that's, exactly. yeah exactly, exactly. And, so, <laughs> and so um i i left espn it was august 2019 right i moved into my first studio March 17th, 2020. That's the day everything shut down. Yeah, absolutely. Because I remember the 
day. It was St. Patrick's Day. Yep. I'll never forget because I had just given the deposit to extend the Waldaniga mm -hmm. the day before. And our office was a, less than a mile away. Less than a mile away. And that's a crazy story in itself. But I remember a certain part of my anatomy dropped, right? I literally went to Erica and I said, we're done for. Mm -hmm. We just gave set amount of dollars to these uh, to these people and we're not even going to be able to open. So it got to the point with the quarantine that, uh, you know, we were moving candles as if it was narcotics. I mean, out the back door, un <laughs> unmarked boxes, you know, the, the handshake with the dollar in it. Like, I'm like, this is wild, man. Right. So... How, how did you guys respond to that? So COVID actually saved my business. Yeah. That's so, and I'll explain it to you here. So, you know, my first set of clients was the small businesses, right? And then when COVID yeah. hit, they obviously dropped me because they couldn't, af they of couldn't course. afford to yeah. do what I do. But I had all of the expensive cameras, all of the expensive equipment. And I, I built my business as being mobile. So I would come to the location. And then yeah. once I got my studio, I was like, I'm not doing that anymore. Everybody come in. right? Yeah. Then COVID happened. So I'm like, well, can't do that right now. Yeah. So I had to adjust. But I didn't. But I had to adjust to be the average consumer. And there's so many people out there that want to do a podcast. They just don't know how. Yeah, it's big. Don't know how to podcast. So I was like, okay, well, here's what I'll do. Adjust my brand to accommodate for everyday people who want to do their podcast, but I didn't want to take. I wanted to make it affordable for them. Yeah, because I have all expensive cameras and all. Sure. I don't want to, and I didn't want to bring all that stuff to somebody's house. Of course not. Because I'm not going to charge them eight hundred dollars for an hour video, and I would never get paid. Yeah, it's not feasible. So I found this brand. And they only broadcasted. It was a. It's a software based platform. They were only broadcasted. For churches back then i'm like okay i bet you i can use this for podcasting so i do what i do and it was run first off of ios if you don't know ios ios is the optic system for iphones and correct it's like really but all right podcasting with iphones has i mean the iphone cameras are great yeah you know um so i'm like okay plus i can do it anywhere yeah immediately blew up i immediately blew up you know, because people like yes, come to the house, it's affordable, great stuff, you know. And then uh, people who saw what I was doing, the people who saw what I was doing, they wow. contacted me. Wow. They called me. Like, well, the developers called me. Like, Phil, we see what you're doing. We love what you're doing. We would love for you to be an ambassador for our brand. Wow. Bring, bring podcasting, help people with podcasting and stuff. So I've had a relationship with uh, Switcher Studio with them since 2020, since, since COVID. Yeah. And that literally saved, I tell them, that saved my business because I don't, I'm not the only podcast studio in Orlando. I'm no. not the only person that does podcasting in Orlando. Of course not. You know, so I think me using them kind of put me over, over the edge. And plus my personality and what I was offering. Yeah. People as well. Because what I've noticed is that people have these great ideas for podcasting, right? There's room. There's always room for people to do podcasting don't let anybody tell you that podcasting is oversaturated you know i guarantee you can go you can google a podcast about cooking tilapia and you'll find one. we're still in the renaissance period i think exactly, right and and so i never discourage anybody from podcasting but what i've noticed is that people want to do a podcast but then they don't realize that you have to do abc xyz one two three it's a job is that why most people fail that is a hundred percent because they overwhelmed so what happens is they don't they 
they realize they can buy equipment. They don't know what to buy. Mm-hmm. So then they either buy too much and spend their whole budget on equipment. They don't focus on getting the content right first. Yeah, you got to right? you gotta have a video. Yeah, you got to have right? an audio. Or they skimp on the equipment and have a great idea, but then it's not polished. It doesn't look good. Yeah, it's it doesn't not presented. Sound good. Yeah. So what happens is they'll record one or two shows, don't like the results, you know, or don't get the, or, or they have unrealistic expectations. They expect, you know, they see Joe Rogan, they think they can do the same thing and then get famous off of one show. It's deceptively complex. You look at his setup and you think, yeah, any, any smoky room with a, with a camera filter, we can, re, we can recreate this. And you know what's crazy? He, his stuff is incredibly low key. Yeah. Like, you can do this stuff on a very, very small budget, but it's Joe Rogan. Yeah. That's why it's, yeah. And he came up at the right time. Yeah. But Joe Rogan's also been on television since 1990. Yeah, I mean, from Fear Factor. I remember watching Fear Factor and watching him. Yeah, sure. That show, Just Shoot Me. Yeah. That was in the early, mid 90s. Yeah, he's been paying his dues for, you know, decades. Props to him. Yeah, I know. Gotta love Joe. People see that, they have unrealistic expectations. Yeah. You know, and then they quit because they'll do one or two shows and then they're like, oh, well, it wasn't for me. Yeah. So that's where I come in. You yeah. know, this is, sounds like a damn sales thing. But no, 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 but like, it's, it's just that Frank, yeah. But, but so I, that's why I come in. I, I have 20 years' experience of doing this. Yeah. And, you know, so I, I do the recording for you, I do the editing for you, I do the distribution for you, I set the podcasts up for you, I cut out clips. I tell you guys, I, I just show up, you know, and I yeah. think we're, we're a perfect example of that. I'm so happy we were able to do this because, um, it's all about flowers, man. I'll never forget because um before we actually encountered you, um you know we went through some experiences. Like some guy stole six hundred bucks from us. You remember the little video I showed you of that yeah. that uh, that yeah. shall which not be released in that same format. Um you know we we had a decent following beforehand, but you know I was literally like in some of the earlier video guys, you can see the the the, the watermark of whatever app I was using. Yeah, right. And people really appreciated the content, but it's like culinary arts. You can have the best tasting steak on earth, but if you just slap it on a plate and it looks like a sloppy Joe, people are not going to give it the value or attention it deserves, right? So I'll never forget after we got screwed over for 600 bucks, um, I had to do an offering to Ogun, I think, or something like that. I needed an ingredient from said Nigerian restaurant that was actually near where your studio used to be. And I was like, man, I'm, I'm done with podcasting. I'm done with the channel. I'm done with everything. Like I told Erica, I'm not dealing with this. You know what I'm saying? I just do my consults, punch in my hours, I'm going home. You know what I'm saying? So when I'm walking towards the place to turn and make a right, I see the, 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 the microphone staff of medicine from a filmography standpoint. And I'm like, podcast doctor. So I said, well, this is it. If this doesn't work out, I'm done. And I sent it to Erica. I remember we had a preliminary conversation. And I said, man, I really think this is going to work out. And it's been a wild ride since. You know, when you got us, I think we had 6,000 some odd subscribers. We're going to be at 15K by the end of this month. And, um, you know, like what you've done for me, you've, you've, or us, you've, you've done for countless um, people. I ask you, how gratifying has it been? Or what is the satisfaction you get from being able to take even a situation like ours or one that might have been a little bit worse and turn it into a polished, desirable, you know, impactful product. I'm a very creative person. And yeah. for me to be able to take my creativity and transfer that into someone else's creativity and that just supercharged their vision. Yeah. 
that is ultimately gratifying. Yeah. You know, and so when when you're talking with podcasting, some people people have different goals. Yeah. Right. Some people want to make money. Some people want to make a difference. Some people want to reach an audience. Some people want to educate. Mm-hmm. Me being able to help those people reach those goals yeah. the way that they want it, but also add my experience and my knowledge and my my style. Your direction, yeah. Is ultimately gratifying. I mean, we had this conversation off camera. Like, hopefully this channel will be your job. Yeah, sure. You know? And and if that works, I'll I'll cry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you know yeah. what I'm saying? And so and so that that is that's ultimate. Like, I'll give you an example. Um, one of my other clients, there was the, there's a the city of Eatonville. Remember I told you about what happened? Oh, yeah. I'm very familiar with Eatonville. So the city of Eatonville is a historically black town. One of the first. The first. The first. What book? Their Eyes Were Watching God. I believe it was from, based um, off of it. Maya Angelou? No, it was uh, Zora Neale Hurston. Zora Neale Hurston. Forgive me. Right? Yeah. Um, so city of Eatonville was the first black incorporated town, I think, in Florida, right? Correct, right yeah. Right after the Civil War. Yeah. Right? Town's gotten... You know, not it's not very in good condition. Right? Yeah. Apparently, the city council had a secret meeting where they sold the city to to white developers without even offering it to any black developers. So long yeah. story short, the podcast that I produce is a black political activist. Yeah. Heard about it, caused a whole ruckus about it. As he should. Right. And stuff went viral. Eventually, stopped the sale of well. Pushed it back. I don't know yeah. what's going on now. Or put it but, under revision or at least bring yes. it to the forefront of this yeah. may be an injustice that's occurring. Yep. And yep. So also there's a podcast that I do. Um, it's about rare and misdiagnosed diseases. Wow. Right? And so our last guest that we had on the show, she has a very rare liver disease. She needs a liver transplant. Wow. So our goal for her, hopefully she can get a liver transplant. She's 29. You know I'm saying she's had when she was nine years old. Good God. Right. What a warrior. But it's knowledge that we're getting out there because yeah, social, awareness. social media and awareness. But the thing is for her is that she, she needs a new liver, but it's from a living donor. So whoever donates that liver, they'll be fine in two months. Yeah. Fully, fully healed. It'll yeah. grow back. Yeah, that's incredible. Yeah, so that organ. I didn't even know that. Yeah, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so that's our goal for that show. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, for, for your show is education. Yeah. You know, getting, getting that out there. And so that's what I, I really love. I really, really love that, and it's 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 ultimately gratifying seeing my clients happy, you know, because my vision and, and their vision collide and super, you know, it's 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 just great. I tell you, and I I empathize with that because growing alone doesn't provide any satisfaction. Like if you're a tree standing next to another tree, you don't become a forest on your own. You know, and the idea of being able to have a symbiotic reciprocal relationship professionally especially with people you're not related to it's really rare but you know i think we've been able to create that and, and we've had fabulous results and i thank you it's like i'll thank you at the end um you're phil the podcast doctor you're phil the broadcast graduate you're phil the radio guy dr feel um but you're also a family man and you're also a wonderful man um you know you mentioned your father supporting you um but also you mentioned your wife you know um how important has reports, you know, especially as you've gone through all these hurdles within an industry that's very tumultuous? I could not have done it. I, I will 100% say this. I would not be able to be in the situation that I'm in without her. Yeah. You know? 
she doesn't she doesn't have to work uh, because we have a special needs child. Yes, that, sir. That takes up twenty four hours a day. Yeah, being a mom end, is a job. Yeah, you know. But without her support and her pushing me, yeah, because I didn't want to go to broadcasting school. You know, I how long have you guys been together? Been around each other. Third going on thirteen years. Wow. Right. I didn't want to go to broadcasting school. Sure. You know? She would come as a fan of the podcast that I was doing before that. Wow. So she's like, You really got something here. You need to you need to go. Yeah. You know, but she she's she's my cheerleader, you know. She holds the house down so I don't have to worry about anything when I get home. Yeah. You know, she doesn't have to worry about any of the bills or anything like that. Yeah. I don't have to worry about anything when I go. There's a team. So I'm able to focus. I'm mm. able to channel more of my attention to this, you know. And so, guys, uh, my message: if you have a woman out there that's 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 holding it down like that, don't don't take that for granted. Focus. Yeah. yeah focus. Focus. But I, I I I will say this again: I would not be in this position without her. Even though even though there's nothing f- tangible that you can see. Oh, but that's the thing. Did, but it's. She's done more than me. I I pay the bills. You know that's yeah that yeah you know? yeah. But what she's done is way way more. I feel like women are like oxygen. Mm-hmm. You know, some of them we talk about tangibles because unfortunately now we live in a society that's so close minded and a world that's so you know material. The intangible has um, been left behind. But even though you can't see oxygen, you can't necessarily generate it naturally you know how you feel when you don't have it and i feel like in a position um such as yours the woman is oxygen i think in all of ours the woman is oxygen because she regardless of whatever the economic dynamic is what they provide what the other half provides cannot be quantified and to ignore that is to fail yeah that's why I hate the I hate to hear that talk. Oh, what do you bring to the table? Like I hate. I well, maybe hate. she maybe she is the table. Yeah. Maybe she's the chair that you're sitting on to be able to be at the table. You know, it's much more than what's on the table. Maybe she's the AC. You know, maybe she's the light bill. You know, all these different equations, and I think that's very important is always to recognize not the cost but the value of your partner, because at the end of the day, it is a team, right? And at any and you know, I think I saw a clip recently of Michelle Obama saying there is no such thing as a fifty fifty equation. You know, it might be 1090 one day. It might be 5149 one day. And to hear that from that woman, a powerhouse, and for her to be able to occupy her space with, with such elegance for our President Obama, you know, if, if it's, it's to be emulated, you know. Now, you mentioned your son, right? Um, give some awareness on autism for those who really don't understand what it is. So... Um my son, he's 11 now. His name is Dominic. Yeah. He has autism, but he is... So, so autism is a neurological disorder that affects uh, sensory um, issues. So touch, smell, taste, all that stuff. Yeah. Um, but it's a huge, huge spectrum. So when you, hear say, when you hear someone say they're on the spectrum, or you hear someone say, oh, he has autism, there's still a vast... It's range. easy to get convoluted. You get lost. Yeah, yeah there is a definite... Uh, range, but so my son is on the functioning. So he needs constant care. Yes. He's nonverbal, so he doesn't speak, which is it's very tough. Yes. You know? But he he communicates. Oh yeah. Well, he said hello. He said what's up to me and everything. You know, he's yeah. But, but he doesn't physically say words like like he he won't say hey Joseph. You know. Yeah. He'll wave. Yeah. You know, but um, you know, and he has. 
uh, you know, developmental issues. You know, he's 11, you know, but he has the mind, they say he has the mind of like a two year old, you know? So he's very low on the spectrum, but you have some kids who are very high on the spectrum, you know? Correct. So, you know, those are the ones that you see that can do so many different things and, you know, they just may be socially awkward. Or they may have dis- issues with, like like you said, the sensory, like certain foods are adverse to them mm-hmm. or they can't stand or, yeah, you know, so, certain things. Yeah, so autism is, is a very huge spectrum. So my son has, he's, like I said earlier, he's very low on the spectrum. He has um, developmental issues as well. So, you know, he has some learning issues and um, he has anger issues too because he's also probably going through puberty now. Yes, sir. Um, he's on so many meds. You know, and so uh, my wife has to take care of him 24-7, you know, just because she, she can't. Why would she have to work and then have to help of course. To do with that? But with, with Dominic and, and, and the autism thing, you know, I want people to know that I want people to talk more about that because there's a whole community, a silent community of parents like me, parents like Lucia, who have a child like that, that don't say anything. Afraid. So, and so I'm going to, this is going to be a hot take. My opinions is not Joseph's opinions here, okay? So remember that, guys. You hear parents that say, oh, my child has autism. There's nothing wrong with them. That's your kid, right? Um, they don't need a cure. Like, 100% I want my son to talk. Yes, sir. Please cure that. Yeah. You know? So, yeah, that's... We get into arguments sometimes because you have... When you hear autism, it's, it's not glorified, it's homogenized and and presented as the other autism. Yeah, like minute, like yeah. something oh, that isn't quirky. worth attention. He's just quirky. So. He likes electronics. He can put stuff together, or he can draw yeah. really well. He just awkward around people. Yeah. No, my son put his head through a window. You know what I'm saying? My son scratches. You know. You know what scares me is my son is 11 years old. He's five foot eight, 180 pounds. Yes. He's, like we talked earlier, I come from giants. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. My son will be big. My biggest fear is something happening where the police have to get called and they don't know what the hell's going on. Yes, sir. My son won't respond and they're going to do something. They're going to hurt him or kill him. You know, that's my biggest concern. You know, so when I hear people, when I hear parents say, oh, there's nothing wrong. I mean, of course, I love my son. But if there was something that would help him be normal, you know, or, or closer to normal, I'm all for it, you know, so... There's, there's, there's a division in the autism community b- between parents like us and then other parents. But, but yeah. I think there's a huge lack of humanity in general, brother. I think um, we live in a society that um, tries to be so picturesque and we just ignore or we just sweep things under the rug. And I think what happens is popular belief is trying to sway people who are going through very specific situations, such as your family. And um, I feel like it shows a lack of humanity because to ignore is to be empathetic. You know, you don't want to feel the things that come with uh, the trauma of having to bring up a child with said obstacles. You know, where where was where is the humanity? You know, and I, I think that's a real reflection of our culture and of society. You know, life is not perfect. The pains that we go through as parents, the traumas, the worries, the fears, and then for them to be, you know, quant- like, you know, magnified by said situations, it's um it's it's something to be noticed and respected and 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 just understood. I think there's a real lack of communication, there's a lack of education because most people don't want to talk about it. And you know, 
same people that are capable of saying, no, he's just quirky. This is much more than a quirk. A quirk, you know, I don't know, an itch, a scratch, what have you. You know, there's an obstacle there that we need to overcome. And by ignoring it, um, we're, we're not going to be able to accomplish that. I ask you, you know, because with my profession, um, you know, there's compensation, what have you. But the most gratifying part about Ifa for me was that I was able to not only help people, but also help my family. You know, Rumila provided me options that I never expected. I'm a college dropout. I come from a very marginalized area. I didn't have um, influences that, you know, were constructive. You know, my uncles and whatnot, they were doing their own thing. So for me to be able to do what I do and provide for my family made me love Ifa that much more because I didn't know where I would be. So someone such as yourself who has possibility to be able to have even though a situation with your son the way it is but to be able to put your family in a position where he can be focused on and be a priority through podcasting what did podcasting podcasting become to you after that when you were able to realize i can provide comfort and commodity to my family even though you know the tribulations that we face on a daily basis so i'll take you back a little bit um when i was still in radio that was my third full-time job i had three full-time yeah man i admire you man my son's 11 years old for the first 10 years of his life i was never home you mentioned oh. this on a previous podcast you know you come home you know and they're asleep yeah i wake you up they're asleep i come home they're asleep i see him twice a day and they never see, awake i didn't see my son good god 10 years yeah. it was like it was like my wife was a single mother who just had her bills paid yes sir you know what i'm saying but I did that because I knew it wasn't going to be forever because of how I was being pushed. You know, sometimes guys, it may seem like it's nagging, but, you know, she literally was like, this is your gift. You're really good at this. Yeah. You know, and so what? how podcasting helped me get to where I was, I did a podcast for this company on the Space Coast. We did a, we did a tourism podcast for two years. And the goal was to bring people to the Space Coast. Yeah, it's on the east side, right? Yeah, uh, so Brevard County, so like uh, Cocoa, Cocoa Beach okay. area, Titusville, sure. Melbourne area. Yeah. So the the podcast was successful, you know. We and then we ended that run, and that company offered me. They need this. Like we don't want to get rid of you. We want you to be a part of our business. So we'd like for you to be our marketing director. You know, because they see what I do. They've seen yeah. what I've done and all this other stuff. I'm like, all right. I'm like, but I got two, I got two, two full jobs. Yeah. You know? So I'm like, well, um, they're, so they're like, well, let's, let's work on, work on the pay thing. And then I was able to quit my two full-time jobs. And then now I work from home. Right? So that podcasting helped me get out of that matrix grind of working 120 hours well 80 hours a week and not making any money yeah. you know what i'm saying and so and so then when i started doing i started building up i started getting busier and busier and busier and then now podcasting is my main job and then my day job is turning into my second job yeah you know and so that has afforded me to be able to buy the extra medicines that i needed for for, for him buy comforts for the house, help my wife out so she's not stressed out about a lot of things, you know? And so um, 
you know, podcasting has been the greatest thing that has ever happened to me job-wise and financially, you know, so I am eternally grateful and, you know, I, you know, I can, I can never thank, was Steve Jobs who made the name podcast. Shout out to Steve, man. <laughs> you know? Bless the dead, man. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it has, it, it has afforded me a, a, a lifestyle that, um, I love and I will continue to work and do forever until I, I am at that point to where I'm an actual entrepreneur. Yes, sir. Uh, you know, I'm uh, self-employed. Oh, well, you're born, you're born an entrepreneur. You're just, uh, you're just reallocating things, you know, and, and you get to see me a couple times a month. So that's very, yeah, I like just it. be thankful for that. And, uh, Phil, I got to ask you before we start rounding things out, man, how, how has being a head of household and man of family made you better? Oh man, it's giving me purpose. It is giving me purpose. Like there's no greater joy of being able to provide my family, making sure that they don't need anything. You know, my dad, my dad told me this quote before, you know, he, he told me that, um, when something's done right, people will think nothing was done at all. Yes. Right. I'm not sure. I don't think it's a surgery. There's a surgery, a well done surgery. If it's done correct, it'll be like nothing about Yeah. So he said, when something, when something's done right, people think nothing's done at all. And so being a father, you get those, you get those moments, but you don't really get to live in those moments because yeah. everything's got to, there's, there's another moment, another moment. And so I learned that me being able to make, keep everything running the way it needs to run smoothly is way more gratifying than, you know, having to, to, to struggle or, or me getting the validation that oh, I'm providing, I'm doing this. I don't need a thank you. We don't I mean, need a trophy. I, exactly. We don't, we don't need it. We don't need a trophy. Just, just that I know that my family is okay no. and they are okay. Yeah. And I see that they are okay. I'm okay. You know, and, and this whole junction has been a fantastic ride and I can't wait to see more in the future. Made me emotional, man. Good. <laughs> you know, I, I just want to say, um, you know, whether it's your family, whether it's the spirit of your father, your ancestors, Can man. Can we talk about that real quick? Absolutely. I'll, we we were recording the podcast one time. Yeah. Remember this? Yeah, absolutely. How could can I you, forget? Can you, can you tell? Can you tell us what you what you? Said? Yeah, absolutely. It's this camera, right? Um. I remember Phil, you know, before we started utilizing these beautiful facilities, um, we were at the Botanica. We were making them drive around a little bit, and um, we had a great session like we always do. And we're wrapping up, and I'll never forget um, the way my mediumship works. You know, it's it's shadows, it's shapes, it's like outlines. And I'll never forget. I was, I had a moment where I looked towards his equipment, and I saw this gentleman standing next to his equipment, your equipment. And um, I don't get scared anymore. You know, you, you see enough spirits, you kind of, you know, like, okay, there you go. Um, and I remember I mentioned it to you because, you know, looking at you and the gentleman kind of looked like you, you know, as far as, you know, appearances, I said, man, um, did your dad have anything to do with your education? Did he dress this way? You know, et cetera. You know, I believe the color black, you know, all these different things. I remember you had a pause and he kind of just looked at me, man, and he was like, he had everything to do with my progress. He had everything. Everything you're describing is exactly what he was. And, um, you know, when a spirit 
reveals itself to a human being, there's a level of trust there. Um, because that spirit is recognizing the purity within that human being to be able to relay the message in a way that is unbiased. Um, so just like with the things that we do, the gratification that comes from it, the closure that we're able to provide as spiritual professionals is, um, is most gratifying. And that should really be the motivation. Compensation comes with anything that you put passion into. I know people that are killing only fans. I know people that are doing very well as medical professionals. You can make money doing anything. But the most important thing is that you focus on the real goal, which should be to serve, should be to provide to your fellow human being um, and, and give them what they're looking for. Because in a life where we don't receive accolades, we don't receive confirmations and closures, it's the most sublime service and gift you can provide, whether you're getting paid or not. So the fact that that gentleman chose to reveal himself to me and hearing the type of man that he was, because to work on a shipyard, you got to have him well set, as we like to say. Um, you know, it was nothing short of a privilege and honor, man. And, um, you know, Phil, what's next for the podcast, Doctor, man? What's next for your brand? What, where are we going? That's a great question. Um, I definitely want to expand. I, I look forward to just this being my only job i guess yeah. you can say you know uh i would love to eventually hire some people yeah. um because what i do is i'm not like i said i'm not the podcast studio here um but what i offer is very unique it's very singular each client i don't take on a lot of clients because I, I want my body of work to stay at a high level so i so with that being said i need to get people yes sir right um but I want people who have an idea, who have a vision, to not be afraid to say, I want to continue that vision. So don't let the equipment or the process of podcasting scare you anymore. You don't need to. Just come here. Yeah. And, and I think I've, I've got a perfect niche and a perfect place in, in Central Florida here for everyone who has a voice to, to be able to use their voice voice and i 2024 is going to be the best year yet every everything i've ever said i've wanted i have gotten and i didn't even know i was manifesting yeah you know and so 2024 is going to be the best year for me in podcasting and so i look forward to that man i look forward to your success here man I thank mean, you past a million views yeah man humbling but nothing yeah. compared to the thumbnail that you created of me this is fabulous there will be <laughs> there will be more shenanigans and you know we were talking off camera this is more uh we're still recording yeah you know we were talking off camera about what's next for the channel right yes sir and so i i tried to i try to tell you let's do this this this, yeah. this this that has that shows more of you and, and your personality yeah. and and i want to i'm i'm kind of the first interview that has nothing to do with ifa yeah and we were we were leaning towards that now um because ifa um, we've penetrated quite a bit within that material and people know who we are. And um, I think the skills and the topics and the way we kind of relate them could, you know, positively be expressed through other uh, other topics and other themes, you know, whatever presents itself. So once again, anybody that wants a platform, wants to be able to talk about their story, no matter how unrelated it may be to the spirituality, the couch is all yours. And um, I tell you, Phil, I've always been very... Um, drawn to people who take me out of my comfort zone and i can say you're 
of the people that made me most uncomfortable in my profession, especially within this manifestation, you know, make a short, you know, open up all these different things that you motivate me to do. And then apart from that, um, and I say this sincerely, the caliber of gentleman that you are, it's very rarely that I get inspired. But um, interacting with you, seeing the, the man that you are to your family and to your public, um, it, it's nothing short of an inspiration, brother. And I thank you for the opportunity, not only to work with you, to you know interview you and and for you to open your doors to us time and time again and and to see where it goes man any any final thoughts for our publics yeah guys if if you have people in your corner listen to them listen to them if you have a, a vision that you want to do something try try because who knows where i would have been if i didn't have podcasting yeah i would have had all these talents and they just would have been wasted you know, yeah. working for a job that didn't give a, a damn about me. Yeah. You know, I probably would have been dead. My health was really bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're working you know, yourself I'm, into I'm a, a grave. I'm a partial amputee because of my health. Yeah. You know, and so being able to be off the road yeah. helped me. So, got, so any, my final thoughts are just that if you have a vision, a goal, write it down, continue to do it. Don't stop. There will always be roadblocks. Yeah. Don't let any of the barriers stop you. You know, I, I think you may have actually said this. You may have not. It may have been one of my other clients. Sorry. Um, if if you're feeling like you're getting buried, you may just be getting planted. That wasn't me, but I, I can't take credit for that one. That one's amazing. Yeah. And that yeah. someone said that quote to me, and I was like, yeah, like my jaw. You have to look at it a certain way. So so don't don't stop. Love you, brother. Thank you. You too, man. Couple closing thoughts, family. Um, BotanicaCandlesAndMore.com is up and running for all of your spiritual needs. Um, the podcast doctor's information will be in the description box, but even if you don't see it there per se, I mean, he's very easy to get in contact with us. We can't stop raving about him. Um, the membership program is up and running. If you're in it, please let somebody know about it. If you're interested in all the value we can provide, please be sure to look at the links in the description as well. The podcast is on all major audio platforms, um, as well as YouTube, obviously. Um, please be sure to like, subscribe, comment, and share. And until next time, family, see the light.